WSFI listeners, thank you for joining us in the chaplet as we begin this 3 o'clock hour. My name is Father Bill Hayward. I'm the pastor of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm down here in our Libertyville, Illinois studios to... Uh, to, to facilitate a program called Catholics in the Environment. We live in an environment, we live in a beautiful environment, which is really the creation which God has given to us and entrusted to us. And it's important for us to talk about this and think about this at times. And so I have with the, uh, me in the studio, Mr. Ryan O'Connor, who's come down from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, to help, uh, and I'm going to facilitate a discussion about Catholics in the environment. Uh, Ryan is everything that you would expect with an O'Connor last name. He has red hair and a red beard. He's he's fully Irish and, and red skin too. And so it's uh, good to have you here, Ryan. Welcome to WSFI Catholic Radio. Thank you, Father Bill. Okay. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So Ryan, I uh, met you really online when you you sent an email to my parish and said you would love to come and talk about Catholics in the environment. It's a issue that is close to my heart. From my background, I, I have an associate's degree in forestry. I was I was blessed to, to work for the Forest Service in Montana to do surveying in Alaska and surveying in Washington State. So so I have a great love for the environment, the natural environment that, that God has given to us. And so I, I, I thought, why not Instead of just coming to my parish, uh, which would welcome you very much, why not spread it in, in along our WSFI Catholic uh, Catholic listening area? And so, uh, you, you graciously agreed to take the day off and, and come down and be with us here here today. Uh, Ryan, what what's your background? What makes you interested in in creation and and Catholics in the environment? Yeah, I grew up in a small town in northern lower Michigan, outside of Traverse City, and I grew up with uh, some woods in our backyard, and, uh, and I was constantly playing in the woods. My mom would take me back there and show me the wonderful array of wildflowers. My dad would teach me about the birds that were there. Um, and I also grew up as a cradle Catholic. We went to Mass every Sunday. I was an altar boy, um, and I had deep encounters with God's love, um, especially through the sacraments, the sacrament of confession. One time I recall in particular uh, when I was 10, I just felt an outpouring of God's mercy, and I was just weeping and just r- really hit home uh, God's love for us and his mercy. Um, but it was uh, our church was about five miles you know, uh, from our house, and on the way back from church, uh, we would stop along the ways we would scan for uh, cans and bottles on the sides of the roads. Um, and in, in Michigan, there's a, a bottle deposit law. And so uh, aluminum cans and bottles are worth 10 cents. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to a little kid, like uh, that, that was a significant amount of change if you could find, find a fair number of them. And so uh, we would do that on the way back and pick up, pick up these things. But it didn't stop there when we uh, would go for walks uh, along our along the road. We would also try to try to clean up. Um, those areas, and uh, I s- those those things are really connected, you know, in my mind. I mean, our, our Catholic faith is really uh, rooted in the idea of the incarnation of Jesus coming down and becoming man, and, and um, God becoming uh, one with us. Uh, and, and it's also very rooted in uh, the sacraments. This idea of the sacramental of ordinary things becoming holy and God's divine presence uh, I- encountering us. Of course, we have the seven official sacraments, uh, but there's also uh, this idea that 
um, we can encounter God through the rest of the physical world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that connection has always, you know, as an ecologist, I've worked as an ecologist for 15 years and, and studied studied that. So as an ecologist, I studied the inter- interactions of things, the interrelationships uh, of things, and uh, the idea that um, the world has a relationship. Uh, we have a relationship with the world, uh, but we also have a relationship with God and through our faith and through Jesus and the magisterium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those two things are very connected in my mind. Very, very nice. Very wonderful. Now, we speak about Catholics and the environment because, and, and Pope Francis mentions this in some of his writings that, you know, in the last two centuries, there's been profound radical changes in, in I, I guess we could say economies, but that also means lifestyles. And, and it, it also is, therefore, moved Catholics to, to look at the environment, the environment which is affected by, by, by certain economies and, and the kinds of lifestyles that, that grow from those economies. And, and so Catholics have begin, you know, asking questions, wondering, and, and, and run-of-the-mill Catholics, you know, parishes, bishops, and, and popes themselves. Uh, pope John Paul II was very much concerned about the environment, and again, himself an outdoorsman. He had a great love for it. Uh, pope Benedict, uh, as well, has uh, put, uh, said many things as well about the environment, and, and, and certainly our, our current pontiff, Pope Francis, uh, wrote a whole encyclical wrote a, a you might say a circular letter to the church you know he felt it was so important that they wanted to address all catholics throughout the world about uh, the care for our common home and he and he calls it laudato si he calls it uh praise be and 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 so we can't deny as, as catholics that we have a a, a important uh Obligations, we might say, for creation, but you you speak about relationships. Uh, what do you, what do you mean by relationships? Relationships to whom, and what are they composed of? Yeah, so this idea of relationship is really rooted in in the uh, the deepest uh, of our faith traditions. In, in the Catechism itself, talks about how we have a relationship. Uh, we obviously have a relationship with God, and uh, we have a relationship uh, with our neighbor. But we also have a relationship with the rest of creation, and these things can form a triangle with God at the top, humans on one uh, corner, and creation at at, at the other. Now, now, now that makes uh, it. It makes me pause. It, it, it's it's a very, very good, good uh, point. But we think about a relationship with creation. I mean, creation can't talk to us. Creation, you know, uh, you know, can't shake our hands. Creation can't give us a hug. You know, uh, what do we? If 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 we do have this relationship, and and we have to presuppose we do, it, it it's so biblically rooted. It's in in the in the presentation of of creation in the Bible, and and Pope Francis is affirming it. What does this creation look like? Uh, excuse me. What does this relationship look like? I'm in a relationship with creation. What does it look like? What do I do in that relationship? Yeah, we can think about that relationship a little bit like we think about a relationship with another person, you know. So when we have a good relationship with somebody, we appreciate that person. Uh, we respect that person. We want to get to know that person. Uh, and, 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 and that way, it's, it's uh, mutual with another person. Um, you know, we care for that person. Uh, we can do those same things uh, with the natural world around us, with creation. We can appreciate creation. We can appreciate a beautiful sunset. 
um, we can uh, we respect creation by not um, not polluting it, not degrading it. Um, we can become more knowledgeable about about uh, the natural things in our in our backyard, uh, and we care for it because those things uh, reflect something uh, of God. Uh, they reflect uh, God's beauty and God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Catholic teaching talk about the environment? Does Catholic teaching talk about our, you know, care for the environment? This this relationship uh, uh, with it. What what have you found? Yeah, so care for creation is one of the tenets of Catholic social teaching, mm-hmm. um, right up there with uh, respect for life, uh, mm-hmm. solidarity with the poor, and other things that we uh, find very essential mm-hmm. to our Catholic identity. Oh, okay, very much so. Uh, where where do we find these this Catholic teaching? Uh, we find it <clears throat> rooted in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, a lot of it stems from uh, the book of Genesis. Uh, when God created the rest of the world and found it good, he blessed it. And he said, uh, sometimes we forget that the first blessing uh, came to the fish and the birds when God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the seas and fill the skies. Uh-huh. Uh, this is before humans are even on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then in Genesis 2, uh, God you know, creates man, puts him in the Garden of Eden, and, and God puts us there in large part to, to take care of his, his beautiful creation, uh, to till it and to keep it, or uh, in some translations render it, to serve it and protect uh, this, this creation. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the Psalms are full of I- the imagery of creation and often use an imagery. Uh, our relationship with the Lord is like to it, it is likened to a tree planted by a stream of water mm-hmm. um, that never runs dry. Um, Psalm 104 uh, says, Oh Lord, how many are your works in wisdom? You made them all. And it goes on to... Um, on to say that the Lord um, produces food from the earth, which sustains both the animals and man's heart. And mm-hmm. he creates the cedars of Lebanon, uh, where the birds build their nests, and the stork, whose home is in the fir trees. And so the, the, these ideas are really rooted in scripture and then taken on and expounded on by our church fathers and then by the popes and, and integrated into this idea. I'm, I'm always impressed in the Christmas liturgies, uh, particularly uh, in the octave of Christmas, uh, in the days that follow Christmas before uh, the, the, the Feast of our mo- the Mother of God. Uh, they use uh, Psalm uh, 97 and 98, and it talks about, you know, the, the, the trees rejoicing. And, and in fact, when you, you think about the Christmas carol, Joy to the World, uh, let heaven and earth rejoice, the fields, rocks, hills, and plains, you know, let heaven and earth rejoice. So, so there is, in, in the, both the church's liturgy and in, in our scriptures, yes, this, this sense that creation, creation is, is part of an awesome liturgy that, that, that's happening in, in our churches, but somehow it's, it's joining in us for, for the, the beautiful uh, feast of, of, uh, of Christmas itself. Uh, but so as, as we continue, you know, to think about this, uh, you know, other, other facets of, of creation, um, the creation nature, uh, dichotomy or, or, or complementarity. Uh, Pope Francis speaks about that in this encyclical. Uh, what's that about, Ryan? 
Yeah, so uh, Pope Francis uh, emphasizes this idea of spe speaking of nature as creation, and sometimes he uses the words interchangeably, but uh, he does point out that when we speak of creation, we speak of something that has been provided to us by a loving God, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that creation reflects something of God's goodness and, and wisdom. Um, uh, it, it also speaks of God having a relationship, you know, with, with us and, and of us having a relationship kind of back with, with the Lord uh, through, through this creation, this medium that he's uh, put us in charge of, to take care of, to be stewards of. Mm -hmm. What caused Pope Francis to think, I want to write an encyclical letter about the environment? You know, uh, what was on his mind? Do we do we know what was going on there that, that caused him to say, I want to write this letter? Yeah, we know a, a little bit. Um, certainly this idea of the common good uh, ha has been uh, expressed by Pope Benedict uh, and others in his encyclical um, uh, Love and Charity. And... Um, and he talked about this idea of the common good and that our, our life of virtue is to be oriented toward the common good. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think at the same time, Pope Francis uh, is very aware of the environmental problems that are occurring around the world and um, declines in water quality, declines in air quality, increasing droughts in the developing world that are causing the, and, and those things impact the poor and the vulnerable the most. Um, and Pope Benedict was aware of this too and, and, sp and spoke about it, that oftentimes the poor have no other place to go except to live by the toxic dump or by the polluted river. And that's where they, they get their water from there because there's no other uh, source for them to go to. And so they really bear the brunt of this environmental degradation. Um, and uh, Pope Francis is taking those ideas and kind of uh, integrating them I into, into this document and trying to get us to see that um, the plight of the poor is connected to environmental de degradation and that is connected to how we are living and treating our world um, and really uh, pushing us to, to think about um, our relationship with the poor uh, as a principle of Catholic social teaching um, as Jesus talked about uh, as in one of the readings uh, for the for the uh, daily readings today talking about uh, you know the two greatest commandments are to love love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself mm -hmm. and our neighbor is certainly the people who are in our community and across the street but our neighbor uh, is also um, uh, the poor living in the developing world um, and it, to, in future generations as well I think one of the 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 uh, what, I'm hesitant to say problems, but one of the challenges of us here in in the developed world, uh, you know, particularly us here in the United States, is we don't often see uh, the the kind of environmental uh, denigration that that maybe someone in Bangladesh might see, or maybe someone in in uh, in in the African sub-Sahara might see, until Flint, Michigan came around. And, and now all of a sudden, water quality became a national issue. And, and yes, it, it, it was very much pointed out that Flint was one of the, the, the economically underdeveloped uh, areas of Michigan. And all of a sudden, water, water qualities were challenged. Uh, and, and Pope Francis, I know, speaks about this in the encyclical. 
what should we know about our water and, and what do you know about water quality issues, uh, Ryan? Yeah, well, the, the Pope is clear that access to clean and safe water is a universal human right and a good. We also know that water quality has been going down uh, in, in parts of our world, and, and including in Wisconsin and Illinois, especially because of things like uh, nitrate pollution associated with agriculture, um, also lead contamination in our cities, uh, elevated mercury levels from, from power plants. So we're, uh, we're going to be taking a station break. This is WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Thanks for tuning in. I know many of you are on your ride home. S- s- stay with us after the break. I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Regina Chaley, Queen of Heaven, rejoice, Alleluia, for he whom you merited to bear, Alleluia, has risen as he said, Alleluia, pray for us to God, Alleluia, rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, Alleluia, because the Lord is truly risen, Alleluia, O God, by the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you granted joy to the whole world. Grant, we beg you, that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, his mother, we may attain the joys of eternal life through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, I'm Juliana Taimorazzi, the host of Voice of Nineveh on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Please join me in our studio audience every first Friday of the month at 11 a.m. to discuss matters which our Christian brothers and sisters face every day in the Middle East. 
To make reservations to be in the studio audience, please call us at 224-206-8455. That number again is 224-206-8455. Hello, Father Bill Hayward here. This is the Pastors Forum of WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. So glad you tuned in to us. We have a wonderful program today talking about Catholics in the environment. I have Ryan O'Connor here who's come down from Madison to be with us. And, and Ryan, you, you started out uh, with your story about uh, growing up in uh, in in lower Michigan and, and, uh, your experience, your experience there of, of, of just being fascinated with the wildflowers that were, were in the, uh, the forest outside your home. And, and I want to bring up something that Pope Francis said. He said, the history of our friendship with God is always linked to particular places which take on intensely personal meanings we all remember places and re and revisiting those memories does us much good as you did right in the beginning here ryan and i want to think of those uh, uh who are listening today think of a place that you've been to now it, it could be a shrine it could be a parish church from from years ago but it also could be a place where you went camping with your parents or or a place that you you traveled to and and were struck with the the beauty of the place uh, you know these are these are locations that that God and his providence have uh, led us to to appreciate the the beautiful creation that he's given to us so, so I want to thank you, Ryan, as as you began sharing the the the, the appreciation of place, because the appreciative appreciation of places is uh, uh, is also tied to an appreciation of the environment of creation. We uh, when the break came around, we were talking about the the challenge of, of water quality and and how all of a sudden Flint, Michigan you know, reminded us of that. And, and Ryan, you were, you were, uh, you were speaking of, of some of the, the, the things that compromise our water, uh, our water quality. And I think you have a personal story in this regard too. So, so could you tell us about that, please? Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, about half a year ago, uh, my wife suffered a miscarriage and, um, and, it was, it was, there was a lot of grace associated with it. Um, it was also sad. Um, um, but she, re she later relayed this story to me um, that may or may not have been the cause of the miscarriage, but she works with farmers. And she, um, very shortly after she discovered she was pregnant, she visited this farm and they were hosting a dinner and she pulled the host aside and said, I, uh, look, I, I just found out that I was pregnant. Have you had your water tested for contaminants that can be really dangerous to pregnant women and developing, developing babies? And those can in include um, uh, manure runoff, uh, other agricultural chemicals, as well as nitrates. And nitrates in particular are really uh, harmful because they uh, impair a developing uh, fetus as well as a young baby's ability to carry oxygen. And the host uh, said that, yeah, they were quite sure their water was safe. And she, and she drank the water. Uh, and then uh, a few weeks later, we found out that we lost the baby. And, oh, um, and it's, 
you know, there, there are probably dozens of reasons why, uh, why we lost that baby. And um, to be honest, uh, it's probably unlikely that it was the source of that water. But uh, even the, the fact that she had to ask that question or run through those questions in her mind um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a real tragedy. And uh, Pope Francis really highlights the link between uh, our environment and right to life issues for exactly these reasons, because good water quality is essential uh, to a developing baby, um, to sustaining life. Um, and, and yet, even in our uh, very developed uh, country, in the Great Lakes region, where we have abundant supplies of fresh water, there's over a, uh, nearly 100,000 wells that are estimated to be contaminated with nitrates that pregnant women, uh, it's unsafe for them to drink. They can't um, uh, make, make baby formula from that water. And mm-hmm. there's signs on public restrooms all over the place that basically say, like, don't drink the water. It's not safe. Um, and so there's a direct link, uh, you know, between water quality, um, uh, our environment and the practices that go, go on on the land um, and, and our, our Catholic faith and many of the issues that we care about. Very, very good point. Something I wouldn't have known if you did not bring the, uh, this up. Uh, in, in the encyclical left out to see by, by Pope Francis, he comes to a point in chapter three where I think he really tries to you know, analyze why do we have a problem? I mean, uh, why in, you know, in this beautiful creation that God has given us, why do we have compromised water equality? Why do we have, uh, you know, an an environment in which is slowly becoming less than the environment that, that God himself gave to us, an environment that, that you might say serves man and man, man protects and man fosters. And, and so in chapter three, he entered, he introduces this, this dominant technocratic paradigm. It's a mouthful. It's, it's hard for me to say, and I'm looking at the words and, and it's difficult to say, um, we're going to walk through this dominant technocratic paradigm, you know, because I, I, I think part of uh, Pope Francis's idea is to to analyze, you know, the the challenges that we we face and and not just to say, well, well we have, you know, a. Uh, uh, maybe some air quality issues or water quality issues or 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 we have a, a diminished diminishing amount of of, uh, of of fish in the sea or or, or birds in the air I, I think he's trying to get to the source what's happening Pope John Paul II did this very much in the gospel of life he, he didn't just want to say hey we have a, a abortion he wanted to say what's 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 fueling this what's fueling this this, this drive for 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 people to to compromise the life of a of a child in the, the womb and and I think in, in chapter three you, you can help me out with this this Ryan he he, he thinks he, he says very quickly who of us haven't uh, been advantaged by the the great advances of technology I, I mean we have all profited from from better communication we have all profited from from great roads and and cars that can get us safely from one location to another uh, we've all profited from the information that is available in so many different venues and uh, 
and even says there's there's a sense of beauty for it. You know, you go down to up to Milwaukee or down to Chicago. The the the, the beauty of a skyscraper. He's even willing to say it, it, it says it's beautiful. But he also then turns around and says, with technology comes power, and uh, the, the the he he makes a, a references to to nuclear energy and to the power we have now over. Uh, DNA and information technology, and and he says there nothing assures that it would be used wisely. Nothing assures that the power that comes from technology will be used wisely. Ryan, what kind of values do you think we need uh, if we're going to wisely use technology and and even the power that comes from it? We really need to orient those things back to this idea of the common good. You know, d- technology in itself isn't bad, but it but it has no ethics in and of itself. And often those who uh, develop it and are first to employ it um, are are not uh, necessarily thinking about thinking about the ethics. Uh, we we also need to recognize that technology will not save us. Uh, we our our savior is is Jesus, um, and his death on the cross. So we need to think about um, this idea of the common good. Um, orient that toward back toward the Lord, um, and uh, and infuse all of our all of our lives with a sense of virtue. Um, and and that's that's how all of our I- interactions, you know, certainly our interactions with with other people are oriented with virtue. Our orientation with God is is uh, filled with virtue, and we also need to express those same virtues to the rest of the natural world toward creation. How interesting! Yes, yeah, so, like, so we think of the moral virtues of of justice. You know, uh, there's a just use of creation. We think of the moral virtues of temperance. You know, like like. Uh, it, particularly in Lent, we're supposed to temper our, our our desire for for food or our desire for for television or or, or media. You know, there's there's this this pulling back. You know, our uh, our uh, justice, temperance. You know, fortitude. How 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 we want to be courageous and sometimes doing things that would would limit us. You know, in 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 regard to the environment, and 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 of course prudence. You know, how do we prudently use these wonderful resources that God has put it to us? So, so just when you you throw off the moral virtues, the four great moral virtues, uh, yeah, we can we can begin to see. Hey, we have a, you know, a Catholic practice. You know, for for years that has helped us. You know, to do that. Uh, Pope Francis, well, in chapter three, when he speaks about this dominant technocratic paradigm. I think what he likes to, 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 to say is that we're doing something different with technology that, that we didn't do 300 years ago, that we didn't do 200 years ago, or even 100 years ago. So we're doing something different with, tech, uh, in, with technology and the environment. So he's, he's trying to get Get, uh, get get a grasp on this. I want to think one of the things that he said, these new values that have emerged, that, that, that we accept technology because it brings security, usefulness, and necessity. You know? So in, in instead of maybe before when we, we use technology in a 
different way. You know, it seems that values have emerged. Security, usefulness, necessity. And, and I, I think about uh, 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 so much of technology is, is attractive because, once again, it brings security, usefulness, and, and it brands itself as being now uh, necessary in, in life. Uh, he, he goes on to uh, speak in Chapter 3 about uh, the, this idea of a subject and an object, uh, uh, like how... how I as a subject, I'm using nature as as an object, and and that's that's fine. We've been doing that since since we've been on creation, since since Adam left Eve, left excuse me Eden. But no, we, he was even doing that in Eden. Adam as a subject was using the garden; he was cultivating it. Uh, but Pope Francis says well, what's happened is is that you know the object has become so much of an object it's 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 like the subject now has complete control over the object has complete control over um, this environment that that he's been given to and how he shapes it and how he uses it uh, it's is this something that that you see in, in these environmental issues as you might say the foundation of, of of what's happening out there is what's happening out there is as we're looking at uh, you know the 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 challenges of, of the environment Brian yeah there's this idea um, very prevalent in our culture that um, uh, things have to be utilitarian you know, so what, what is, what's the usefulness of it, you know, and, and that's really centered on sort of like a, a me first attitude. Um, and that's where Pope Francis says we have to transcend that uh, and, a, and a, have, our, have a different approach to nature, have a different approach to t- technology. Um, and, um, and he goes on to say that, uh, you know, as, as we tr- transition, you know, try to o- away from that, we return to um, a God-first uh, centered life that's focused on um, the poor, that's focused on um, our neighbor. And uh, he, go- he goes on to say that, you know, the, these, these ideas, this caring for, caring for the world, um, um, it's, not, it's not optional. It's not an add-on you know, um, that those things are integral to a life of virtue. And what I mean by that is if we come from this utilitarian point of view, um, it, it's the same idea that like I can do, you know, with, with, um, my, my stuff or, or this technology, as long as it serves me, uh, then, then it must be okay. You know, as opposed to, um, how how does it how does it inform the common good? How does it inform? How does it improve uh, uh, the water quality, the air quality, the the life of those around me, the lives of those in the developing world? I think technology uh, has does have a lot to offer, and there there's a lot of really fascinating things that I think that are happening with solar power, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's a type of te- technology. Um, certainly that's that's improving um, but there you know this, some have said we need to burn more um, we need to burn more coal and, and natural gas so that we can um, supply the poor in the developing world with energy um, but but the poor but but 
uh, Africa does not have any of those resources. What they do have is a lot of sun. Mm -hmm. And so they're uh, employing small solar panels to lift people out of energy poverty. Uh, in Kenya and other places. It's really empowering local communities to do really great things. I was in Cameroon several years ago, and there was a, a clinic run by these these sisters. I, I forgot the name of the religious order. Wonderful sisters from Poland. And I think there was a, a donor from Belgium who had installed solar panels you know on their clinic to give them exactly what you're saying ryan the 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 kinds of energy resources they needed to run a run run a small clinic a small medical clinic but a very necessary clinic to uh to take take care of the the health care needs of the the surrounding area um but but this uh this use for the common good. Let's take a technology that probably most of us, uh, most of the people who are listening today, are, uh, are in or have. We have automobiles. You know, we have automobiles. It, you know, they get us from one place to another. How uh, we don't think about my use of an automobile and tie it to the common good. But but are there? Is, how does the common good work with the technology that? most of us use every day. Uh. Yeah, so our, our relationship with the, with the automobile is a, a really interesting um, thing. It, it, it's beautiful and it, it enables us to be more connected, to travel further distances, uh, to you know, connect with um, um, my daughter's um, grandparents who are a, a thousand miles away and 500 miles away in the in the other direction so it enables us to go to go, to go see them um, and yet at the same time uh, we need to be too careful about uh, just relying exclusively on this technology uh, because what it tends to do is isolate us you know uh, a, a lot of times when we're traveling in a car uh, it's just by ourselves um, and uh, my, my, I actually met my wife through a talk on faith and science, and I remember a presentation that she gave on this issue, and, and she said um, that Jesus told us that we are to encounter him in the poor, and the poor are often in the, on the bus or other forms of public transportation. So if we want to meet Jesus, maybe we should get out of our cars and we should ride the bus mm -hmm. from time to time. And I found that so, so beautiful. Uh, and so uh, we've chosen to live kind of um, in closer to the center of a city so that we can use our car less, only have one car in our family, ride the bus more, ride our bike more, um, and, and enlarge in our sphere of community and who we regularly encounter um, on, on a daily basis. That's interesting because, right, there's choices we can make as, as Catholics. There's choices that we can make as uh, men and women and children living in an environment that, that, that make not just a, a difference for, uh, you know, for, for less carbon monoxide that's coming out of the the muffler of a car, but 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 really, that's that's making a difference for communities. That's making a difference for for what we ourselves are. That the kind of connections that we're making. You know, it, yes, it's it's a very good point. I I, I love the the specific uh, the the specific ways that we can put some uh, some flesh on this idea of of caring for the environment. I I think we wanna we in in particular when we look at the the dominant technocratic 
paradigm. We as Catholics, we have to be careful. We, 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 want, we don't want to be unabombers. We don't want to be people who are, because we're, you know, we would be upset with the multiplication of technology that we would want to be, do harm for people who develop or use it or, or, or be too critical of them. But I think also we want to be people who can evaluate it with this idea of, of how can I use it that enriches my lives and the lives of other people too. That's the, that's the key. You know, my use of, of my cell phone, is it enriching the life of other people? My use of transportation, is it enriching the life of other people? My use of, 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 uh, media, is it enriching the life of, of other people? Uh, and you, you give a very, very good example of, of that. And particularly as Lent is coming along, you know, a, a, a time when we look at our, our, our normal practices with a different set of eyes and, and, and things of that sort. So how, how would Lent fit into our whole concern of Catholics and in, in the environment? Yeah, so the, the, one of the ideas of Lent is pulling back <clears throat> a bit and in, in order to uh, unite ourselves more fully with Jesus on the cross, uh, reflect on that. Um, and one of the things that, uh, you know, we do as Catholics is fast from meat on Fridays. Um, there's there's uh, a, a growing, you know, there's a historic tradition of fasting for, from uh, eating meat on every Friday of the year. And... Um, some people have gone to taking that idea to applying to all of Lent, like fasting from meat, you know, through all through all of Lent. And so those are those are ideas of kind of pulling pulling back. Um, they're also um, uh, lighter on on the planet. It's very intensive to produce certain kinds certain kinds of meat. Um, but you know, there's there's also things that we can do um, that uh, Pope Francis talks about that are. Um, signs of, of a virtuous uh, thing and and uh, he mentioned things like consuming less uh, wearing warmer clothes rather than just turning up your thermostat um, some some friends of mine um, have this uh, wonderful idea uh, with with their kids uh, and toys and and they have a small house and very quickly they got uh, enough toys to fill it and uh, of course the kids still wanted more toys or toys would come in from the grandparents but the rule became if you want to um, accept a toy. You have to select one and donate it to a family in need, and, and give give a different one away. Mm. And so it comes uh, gets to this idea of of consumption. You know that consumption doesn't bring us joy. These relationships bring us joy. We need to connect with other people in our community. Very, very good point. Uh, I'm wondering how those kids <laughs> deal with that, but they're learning. They're learning. Okay, exactly. Uh, other things that Lent might challenge us to as well is is building relationships with people uh, who maybe we haven't been. Often I hear people say, I'm not giving up anything for Lent. I'm going to be doing something for Lent. And and that means, therefore, uh, therefore you know, bridging relationships you know I, I'm, I'm going to maybe be going to a soup kitchen or I'm going to meet maybe volunteering at the food pantry or, or maybe I'm going to uh, work with 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 meals on wheels and bring people people food which which is a wonderful thing I mean the the foundation of Lent is prayer and fasting and almsgiving and we're and and that's almsgiving doing that but but now we go back to what we we spoke earlier in the program that there's you know that 
that uh, that Pope Francis is asking us to to think of our relationship with God, think of our relationship with our neighbor, think of our relationship with creation. Okay, so if we were going to say, well, it, it's it's Lent, and I want to do something for that relationship with creation, you know, how do we extend ourselves to this this important, you know, relationship where we're not necessarily depriving our, ourselves, so therefore, you know, not eating meat. And and I do want to say, in religious life, there there's a strong tradition in monastic communities and many communities of women religious of of, of all Lent, not not eating meat. So it, it's not so far fetched as, as as you're saying. It's a, it is still a practice uh, in in uh, in monastic communities and in in some religious communities to do that. So I'm glad you brought it up. But but so uh, but nonetheless, we're not we're not depriving ourselves of something from you know the goodness of creation. But we're actually, you know, doing something for creation. We're in a sense alms giving for for creation. It's an ecology. And, and as someone who's who, who's very dedicated to this this uh, th- this way, what, what are some things you might come up with in that regard? Yeah, so there's things that we can do in our personal lives in our home. Um, one of the uh, well, I think one of the best is just to spend some time appreciating uh, creation, getting to know uh, the natural world in your backyard, whether that's uh, bird life, um, um, uh, bumblebees. Um, plants, plant a native pollinator garden. Um, a species like monarchs are really in trouble because of uh, agricultural practices, that the, the way those have changed um, in the Midwest. And there's things that we can do um, to help those out. There's things that we can, you know, and, and those things can enrich our spiritual life too. Spend time praying over some of those scriptures of like Psalm 104. Um, and, um, and, and go to what St. Augustine, you know, uh, led him to say, like, there's the beauty, you know, of the natural world with creation, which divine generosity has bestowed upon man. Who could give a complete list of all of these blessings? And he's talking about the dark shades of forests, the, the color and fragrance of flowers, the multitudinous variety of birds with their songs and bright plumage. Um, uh, so, so reflecting on those things, also, um, there's things that we can do in our home uh, to uh, honor, respect, care for creation just by things like switching out to an LED light bulb, uh, which are much more energy efficient. Um, they save us energy, um, you know, and they're they're better for the environment. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, yes, what a, a beautiful creation that God has given to us, and, and we certainly want to honor it. Pope Francis says um, in his encyclical that, that well, you know, you can look at the world and you can say that, you know, it, it's nature, and, and, and he says that nature is something to be used, something to be uh, maybe exploited, it's something to be studied, but but he talks about creation is in the order of love that that you know god gave creation god god created because he loves you know and ultimately because of his love you know he wants to share 
good things with those he loves. And so, so therefore he had an idea, I'm going to create um, man and woman in my image and likeness, and, and, and I love them, and I want to share something wonderful with them, you know, creation. And, and these, these are beautiful things that are on the, on, you know, foundational things that we want to, uh, you know, think about as we, we, as we, as we examine environmental issues, which are sometimes, you know, difficult to examine. That that you know because the, the polemics of society today, and and because we are so ingrained in this. Uh, technocratic paradigm that we, we probably don't even examine too much but but nonetheless it's it's very much part of our life but pope francis is asking us you know that that to, to look at creation in the order of love and and uh, you know I, I i spoke before of the moral virtues of justice temperance courage and, and prudence but but there's there's something about love in there too you know and and saint thomas aquinas says love is wanting the good of the other willing the good of the other and so i i think in some way it's not so strange to say that we can love creation we want the to will the good of 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 creation yeah certainly you know there, there's this idea that a, a loving god um you know, uh, gave us creation. He put us in charge of that creation. And, and we might say, like, we love God. Um, you might also say that you love Rembrandt in his paintings. Mm-hmm. But none of us in our right mind would, would then go destroy or deface Rembrandt's uh, amazing painting of the return of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way, um, we, we can't um, go destroy creation um, willy-nilly. Um, with the degradation that has happened to uh, our water and our air and our weather systems, uh, I'd let some t- people to uh, say that we need a miracle of love and unselfishness in return, mirroring God's love and selfishness to us. Okay. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Ryan O'Connor for coming down from Madison. And I want I will impart my blessing to you. May Almighty God bless you this day, this very beautiful Friday. May you find goodness in the order of creation. May Jesus' sacrifice draw you ever closer to the Holy Trinity. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. Uh, in two weeks, we do the share Looking forward to being down here and hosting part of the share God bless you all. Confirmation Gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Breathe into me, Holy Spirit, that all my thoughts may be holy. Move in me, Holy Spirit, that my work, too, may be holy. Attract my heart, Holy Spirit, that I may love only what is holy. Strengthen me, Holy Spirit, that I may defend all that is holy. Protect me, Holy